Well, hello everyone. Uh, Pastor Lee here. Uh, another episode, and um, I hope everybody's enjoying their uh, their week. Um, today was uh, another cold day here in Ohio. You guys know that, um, but uh, hey, what can you say? God is good all the time. So um, what I want to do is uh, just kind of do the same thing we did last week and uh, go over just briefly what we talked about on Sunday. And then uh, we'll talk about a little bit of what we talked about last night at uh, the Red Hill Project. Um, so if you want to, you know, if you want to get your Bibles out or your notes or whatever, uh, you can do that or you can just kind of just follow along uh, just listening. So, on uh, on Sunday, we were in Luke chapter 3, and uh, we looked at the baptism and genealogy of Jesus. And uh, as we were looking at that, we... Uh, you know, we, we talked about the, the baptism real briefly, then we went into the genealogy, and we talked about the son of, the son of, the son of, the son of, the son of. You know, a lot of, of people were um, uh, mentioned. There's a lot of, of names that uh, are given to us in the scripture. And what we focused on was um, all, all these names had a... Uh, there, there's importance behind each one of the, the names. Even though if we don't, we may not know the complete story of each and, and every individual on this genealogy. Uh, we will, uh, we can understand that um, they uh, they all played an important role in the the, the life or the the family tree of Jesus. Um, so uh, I think that uh, one of the, the big things that, that I pointed out in all of this is just because uh, you don't think that someone knows your name, uh, God does. And God has a purpose for you. Uh, everybody has a special purpose and a special plan. And uh, the, the big part is being a part of God's plan. So we talked about that in the genealogy. If you want to you know, go back through and, and reread that, that's in uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 23 through um, 38. But uh, the majority of the time, and we focused on the baptism of Jesus. And, and we, we read it as, um, as it is in Scripture here. It's uh, Verse 21 says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Uh, we, we talked about um, multiple things, but one of the major things we talked about is that in the baptism of Jesus, we see a picture of the Trinity. We have a, a picture of uh, the, the Spirit of God descending from heaven like a dove onto the, the, um, the Son of God. And then we have the, the voice of the Father speaking, uh, affirming the Son. So it's a, it's a beautiful picture of, of the Trinity, and we, we know that... Um, uh, that, that God is one God in three persons. Uh, we, we talked about that a little bit, um, but uh, one, one of the the, the, uh, the cool things here is that we can see, um, even though, like I said on Sunday, even though there's not uh, the word Trinity in the Bible, um, there's definitely a, pictures of the Trinity. Um, so let that just kind of you know sink in where when people say, well, God's um, just different gods. There's three different gods uh, in three different forms. No, we have one God and three persons. Um, another thing that we looked at in the baptism of Jesus was uh, the actual baptism itself. 
and how it was kind of odd at, at first when we first started to look at it because um, we know that John the Baptist was, his baptism was a baptism of repentance. Um, and uh, like we discussed, there, there are many uh, theories on why Jesus came to get baptized. And, and one of those theories was that, well, Jesus was repenting of sins. Well, we know that that's not true because the Bible tells us that in multiple different places. Um, we know that, that Jesus was without sin. Um, so we know that that, that one theory was uh, is incorrect. But there are um, plausible theories, other plausible theories that uh, we, we discussed, um, ranging from like Jesus was affirming the ministry of uh, John the Baptist up to uh, maybe he was just being an example for us. Well, um, out of the, I think there was six or eight of them that, that we talked about on Sunday. But out, out of all of those, we came to um, one conclusion that whatever the, the, the true theory that is, is valid, um, whatever it may be, we, we understand it to be a, uh, a part of God's plan. And then we, what we did is instead of just taking everybody else's theory, we opened the Bible and, and seen what the Bible says about Jesus' baptism. And what we came up with was uh, that Jesus, his baptism was to fulfill all righteousness, as said in Matthew 3. Um, but then we went to John chapter 1, and we seen that a part of this fulfillment of all righteousness was the fulfillment of a promise in which uh, God the Father made to uh, John the Baptist. And um, we've we seen there that in, in John, um, as I turn there, John chapter 1, it, it says that, uh, that John bore witness, and, and it says that um, uh, I, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And it says, And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with, wa with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit." And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So we understand that God the Father promised, gave John the Baptist a promise that the, the one in which you see the Holy Spirit um, descend and remain on, that's the Son of God. Um, so what we uh, kind of brought together and what, what we um, gathered from our, uh, our in-depth scriptural um, analysis, I guess you can say, was that uh, the reason that Jesus was baptized was so that um, he could be revealed to uh, not only Israel, like it says, but revealed to John the Baptist, so then John the Baptist can uh, do what, what it is that he came to do, which was, you know, reveal the Messiah to, to Israel. Um, so that was, you know, the, 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 the crux of what, what we talked about on, on Sunday. And uh, I would recommend if you uh, missed that, just uh, look at the podcast or listen to the podcast and um, just see and hear, uh, you know, just give it a gander for yourself. All right, so last night at Red Hill, um, we started talking about the, the second core value uh, for the, the, the Red Hill project. And um, as a, a side note, uh, I'm trying to get the, the sermon audio uh, together so we can put it up on um, 
up on the podcast, but we were having a little bit of technical difficulty, so I don't know if we're going to be able to do that or not. I'm working on that, but um, the second core value um, that, like we discussed last night, it is faithful to Scripture. Now, this core value is not only paramount to the the Red Hill Project, but to everyone who uh, who, who calls themselves Christian, or as I like to say, where the bad where's the badge of Christian. Um, and the all too common uh, approach to scripture that, that people have is well I, I believe most of it but maybe not all of it well this presents a problem and uh, the bible tells us it says in second timothy 316 that all scripture is breathed out by god not just most of scripture so what we need to do is we need to understand that the, the, the totalness or the totality of Scripture has been given to us by God for our benefit. And so as it's been given to us for our benefit, um, as we talked about last night, uh, the Bible talks about the promise of rest for our souls. And, and we talked about that in, um, we, we used uh, Matthew 11, and then we were also into Hebrews 3 and 4. But this part of Scripture is, is one of those parts that, um, that we love to believe so it's like uh, it's kind of like piling on the mashed potatoes from the Golden Corral buffet. Uh, we just can't get enough of that good stuff. But the fact um, the fact of the matter is that Scripture is not a buffet where you know we can pick and choose what we want and we don't want. It becomes reality though when we understand just how that rest. That the Bible promises about, that God promises about, how it happens in His Word. The, the, the rest that God promises comes from allowing the, that very Word um, that He breathed out to reveal disobedience in the life of the believer. Now, not only is this to, to uh, reveal, um, or the, does the Bible reveal disobedience, it, it gives instruction on how we are to overcome it and not to fall back into it. So, uh, the rest uh, comes when we align our life to the Word of God, not align the Word of God to our lives. Well, and, and as we talk about this, there, there's a, a common question that, uh, that, that, I, that I get asked. And um, the question is this, well, how do I do that? Well, I can give you a stern look and, and say a strong statement of, um, well, just read your dang Bible, okay? Which, you know, it, actually that works for some. Or what we can do is I can invite you to desire the rest that God wants for you when you commune with him. You know, you see that if, if you view the Bible as something you must read, your likelihood of enjoying it is, is actually um, not only enjoying it, but actually doing it. It's probably going to be very minimal, if at all. But... Um, if we approach God's Word as it truly is intended to be approached, as a love letter from God to His children in whom He deeply loves, uh, you'll be able to enjoy the promises and even accept the, the revealing things that uh, need changed in your life. Um, you know, here's the deal. God doesn't want you to read His Word out of duty. Uh, he, he desires to meet with you as you enjoy his commune through the pages that he's inspired to reveal himself through. 
So as uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 12 says that, you know, the Word of God is living and active, well, the reason that uh, it says that, the reason that the, 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 the Word of God is living and active is because it contains the message of a living and active God. So God is still at work in our lives today. He's still at work in your life. He's still at work in my life. And since He is still at work, um, take some time to hear from Him because He speaks through His Word. Uh, don't uh, minimize the importance of just spending some, just a few minutes. If you're not spending any time at all in, in the Word, uh, spend a few minutes. Start there. Uh, I've said in the past, but I'll say it again, you don't know where to start, just start in the Gospels. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. I, I would say John is where I would start, but um, just start and just listen to what, what God is, is saying. Uh, like uh, Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 11, he, where he says, you know, come to me all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, I'll give you rest for your souls. And he says that the way in which that comes about is by learning about him. So um, take some time to learn about him. Get in his word. Uh, spend some, some quality time with your maker. So uh, with that, I'm just going gonna, gonna to end here, and I hope everybody has a, a good week. Um, I'm going to go uh, and play PlayStation with my, my boy. He, uh, he challenged me to a game of football, so uh, hopefully he doesn't kick my butt because he'll never let me hear the end of that. Um, so I'll talk to you later. Uh, I love you all, and uh, take care. Mm-hmm.